Hello Team NXT, CD Danny Mac here bringing you episode 110 of the Undisputed Future Podcast. It is great to be back. This is return episode number. I've already lost track, but I want to thank you all so much if you're returning or you're listening to me for the first time because the world is a crazy place right now, even without getting into recent happenings. Worldwide pandemic worried about job security that last episode i put out which speaking of which shout out to at nxt wednesday and mr peyton westner was supposed to kickstart me getting back into really the swing of things and it just didn't shape out that way and uh it sucks but there's a takeover this weekend it's nxt in your house it's the return of an old school branded pay-per-view this is an important event in nxt's history so I got to find time, and a lot of people are in need from what is going on. They need a distraction, and as much as it's cluttering my mind right now, I know that there's a whole lot more people in a worse situation than I am. So I'm here for those people. I'm here who want to put the bullshit aside for some wrestling conversation and discussion, and that's what I'm here for. I'm not here to argue. I'm not going to preach you what side is right and what side is wrong. I'm going really into this. That's my wrestling take and my political take. I'm not going to tell you how to think. I think everybody listening to this show should know right from wrong. And that's about all I'm going to say on the matter right now. We are going to dive into the wrestling conversation part of the show. I'll probably tackle social issues and real life stuff at the end of the show. But let's skip all that for now. Let me tell you what I want to talk about here on episode 110. Numbers that ends in 0 and 5, I like to do a lot of special things, maybe a different format for, and this case is no exception. Number 1, it's the last stop on the road to In Your House. Now, if that makes sense or not, are we on a road to sit on the couch? Nobody's on the road to travel to an arena anywhere. So, the title of this podcast is up in the air, but that's probably what it's going to go with. Number 2, Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher's Fight Pit cage match yes if there was one week i probably should have done a comeback episode it's that one but didn't shape out that way it does not mean i'm not going to discuss it because the super king of bros is headed to smackdown live so a lot to discuss with mr matt riddle as well the tag team division has uh found itself new champions where imperiums fabian eichner and Marcel Bartel were able to defeat the Stallions, of course, lacking Stallion Pete, Timothy Thatcher, and Matt Riddle. That match, Thatcher would decide to walk out on Matt Riddle and his goofy, nonchalant personality. But Thatcher's perception on all of this, and I apologize if anybody's catching my Sonic the Hedgehog ringtone, going off on the air. Thatcher versus Riddle, fight pit. More discussion to come on that. And just general, NXT TakeOver. Prediction show. It's the last one beforehand. Let's freaking do this. Let's dive into some real facts, though. It's Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher. What a fight we saw take place right before our very eyes on the May 27th edition of NXT television. What a show. Up and down. I want to cover the Cruiserweight tournament and stuff that also culminated with Drake Maverick, which I, I also have a lot to say about, but 
I want to err more on the side of positivity and the fight and the blood and the missing teeth and all the brutality and the real combat sports elements we were able to witness during this fight pit match. Let's talk about the structure itself. Caged. Platforms on top. But it felt just like it, it had that octagon vibe. It was so sick. It was where the worlds of MMA and pro wrestling meet. There was a platform up there for all sorts of shenanigans to take place from. And we saw a floating bro from that top. It wasn't overkill with the top of the cage spots or fighting on the platform too much. That element of the match, I feel, was just right. Like I mentioned, blood and guts to... Well, not blood and guts. That's the wrong brand. Blood and teeth definitely shown on Thatcher's part after a huge, huge boot by the barefooted bro. Matt Riddle, what a sh- Can I still say boot if the guy wrestles barefoot? Is that accurate? I mean, it's it's actionably correct. I mean, anyway, foot to the face, causing a missing missing chiclet or two. It looked like it looked like a little bit of a, a hand or a palm full of teeth that Mr. Thatcher was holding in his left hand at the end of this one. Uh, gonna glance over this fact, but. The last ma- the first match that these two guys had, Matt Riddle declaring, I'm not your bro. You're not my bro. Kind of rips your kind of rips your heart when you see them have a successful NXT tag title defense, and then it goes down to that. Riddle would win that first singles wrestling match, but this fight pit would go in a completely different way. Now I'm not sure if it's the sight of blood that really motivated Timothy Thatcher, but Thatcher was an absolute animal in this match. He made his name won and probably solidified it in a very short period of time on the NXT brand. Showing up as an ambassador for Pete Dunne, successfully defending an NXT championship that he, let's face it, didn't earn but was handed the opportunity to be a champion. Granted, successful championship defense and a whole lot of heart and soul and even impressing special guest referee Kurt Angle on this one. Both of these talents. Thatcher and Riddle as a tag team. Really simple concept. Tap them out, knock them out. When those two forces collide inside of a structure like this, it definitely brought for a big fight feel. It made this rivalry feel like one that had been going on for well more than just a couple weeks back walk away from a tag team match. It felt personal. It felt real. It felt like these guys knew they were going to step into the ring with each other for months and they were preparing to step foot to one another, especially with a legendary presence like Kurt Angle there. They pulled out all of the stops to gain victory over one another. Matt Riddle's used to that experience. Timothy Thatcher, talented combat athlete in his own right. And Thatcher would earn himself a technical submission in this matchup. Now, just adding on to the elements of things that I liked about this match, we saw a result in a WWE match we had not seen in quite some time. There used to be a really good spot, and it would get me hyped as a kid, where in a submission, most commonly a sweeper hold, the referee would check on the person in the hold, lift their arm once, if it drops, count one. Count two, same thing. If that arm dropped for that third time, that match would be over. So as soon as that third time was dropping down and you felt that fist start to shake up and rile back, it was like hulking up, but almost anybody could do it, if that makes sense. That was personally one of my favorite spots that you don't see in wrestling a lot more. 
and you never really saw matches end that way while it was a big-time heat spot. But Thatcher got the win this way over Matt Riddle just to prove that it takes just a quick snatch of a choke to earn yourself a victory. That anything can happen, that a fight can turn around in a split second and cost you. And Riddle, as on top of his game as he was, he went out on his back on the NXT brand. We've seen it happen to some of the brand's very best. Any NXT champion dropping the belt and coming up, that's how these things operate. And Matt Riddle, going up to a main is going up to a main roster with a loss going to affect you? No, it shouldn't. Completely different ballgame. New audience, new chance to make yourself known. And Matt Riddle has that crossover appeal. Matt Riddle can reach so many different types of audiences. So many subcultures. And I mean, it's it's a stereotype and it's a stereotype he throws around. He's very 420 friendly, if we hadn't noticed. Joint manipulation was almost that tag team for the Stallion's name. Sure, it was probably just a colloquialism as a name for them and never probably approached making it to, you know, ink to paper, but it was still out there in the universe. Riddle has that appeal, and Thatcher now has a value on NXT as a threat. This fight was good for everybody. It was awesome to see Kurt Angle after that unfortunate group of releases recently, which uh, I think might be a good segue to start talking about the Cruiserweight Championship scene, but just uh, just one final thought. I'm so happy to see Matt Riddle getting called up. I do think he's earned that big-time opportunity. Would I have liked to see him shine more in NXT and be a singles champion? Absolutely. He should have won the North American Championship. He could have been one to end the prophecy of Adam Cole being NXT champion. But of course, our NXT champion is over a year at this point in time as I record here on Thursday, June 4th. 9 p.m. Eastern Time, if anybody's taking notes. So, Riddle going to SmackDown. Don't know when. We know where. It's going to be at the PC, like everything else has been. But who his first rival will be. Don't want to talk too much about a main roster, but pretty sure the most obvious heel that you could throw Matt Riddle at and get a good match out of, man his size, already gets a decent amount of heat. Had a rivalry with Roman Reigns that we felt was never going to end. You've guessed it, and hopefully some of you haven't shut off this program for me talking about him on this show. But Baron Corbin, Baron freaking King Corbin, would be a good opponent for Matt Riddle. I said it. I think there's plenty of goofiness in a promo that Riddle can get. Making fun of the King shtick and so on and so forth. And I think that there's there's a lot of good that can be earned. There's a lot of audience praise that can be earned to Matt Riddle especially by those who don't know him already, with a victory over Baron Corbin somewhere in his debut. So that's just my take. Where does Tim- Timothy Thatcher end up? Let's go back to NXT. Matt Riddle's going to be fine on SmackDown. Thatcher's a contender now. Thatcher fits in, in my opinion, to the North American title picture that has been the Haas fight division. With the exception of this first match, for Johnny Gargano versus Keith Lee, presumed for, well, not presumed, I believe it was made official, 
for TakeOver in your house, that division has been a hoss fight. It's been big guys. It's been the Keith Lee. It's been Dominic Dijakovic. It's been Damian Priest. Cameron Grimes. It's been Bronson Reed. It's been guys who fit that mold. Thatcher has that combat ability and that he has the figure to fit in there and be taken seriously as a credible threat and the combat ability to back it up because he is smaller than some of, if not most, of the names I just previously mentioned. But this victory and this sort of repertoire makes him credible in that environment. So I think that's where Thatcher is going to end up shortly. I don't know if he's Lee's next opponent. Well, I I guess I just gave away my my spoiler prediction for the North American Championship. I don't think he's Keith Lee's next opponent, but I do think that he's headed that way. And I think that uh, we're going to see Keith Lee versus Cameron Grimes and maybe sometime after that, because Mr. Cameron Grimes has has been on a little bit of a roll for himself as, as well. But that's that's neither here nor there. I will get to Grimes in a little bit because there will be emphasis on the June 3rd edition of NXT TV. Now, do I break it down all at once or do I talk June 3rd NXT and then go into the grand scheme of things with the Cruiserweight Championship Tournament Interim Champion? Let's drink on it. Dr. Pepper, not a... I don't like to get boozed up while doing the show. I don't have any objections to uh, to any show out there who takes it upon themselves to say it's Miller time in the middle of a podcast, but after a long work day and just mental fatigue, you, you got to keep yourself caffeinated. I have decided to really dive into the last stop before in your house and then we'll revisit some of those really epic matches really fun to watch matches in the cruiserweight interim championship tournament does that thing get a final name the cruiserweight tournament let's just call it the cruiserweight tournament all right it's going to save me some broadcast time too and it'll save you a lot of listening hours those those seconds are going to add up how did the June 3rd edition of NXT television kick off? It kicked off with a a rivalry that just seemed to have sprung up and just one of those things you never know you wanted until it's right there in front of you. The charisma of the limitless, the limitless Keith Lee and Mia Yim having a bit of a spat as of late with Mr. and Mrs. Gargano, taking objection to their dinnertime displays, which I've been enjoying those promos. I think the creepy distortion and the weird sound effects and the change in demeanor speaking all lightheartedly and then seriously deadpan into the camera, I dig that artistic expression. I also dig the parody that Mia Yim and Keith Lee did of it, which is what led to this matchup between Mia Yim and Candice LeRae. And Mia Yim just continues to impress. I'm biased as somebody sitting here recording in Shaolin, the capital of the Wu-Tang Clan. Mia Yim, one of my favorites in the division and should be champion sooner than later. Are those the seeds that are planted with Charlotte Flair right now? 
Is there a reason that she was unsuccessful in Charlotte's first match back to NXT? Is that the name that we're going to have to keep our eye on that just keeps improving and gets better and better and better and earns those accolades and that standing to step up to the queen? Don't know. It's possible. Yim's got all the talent. She's got that presence about her. She's got that attitude. She's got that pit bull mentality. I think Mia Yim's a contender to, to keep her eyes out on. Candice LeRae's new persona. This... This problematic pixie, I suppose, started with the final beat. This underhanded tactics, deception, the Gargano way working for both of them, which seems to be, and I'm 90% sure this is going to get displaced, but for lack of any better terms, by any means necessary to victory for Johnny and for Candice. And Candice has taken this route herself on display right here. This match turned violent, which would lead to a handicap match because Johnny Gargano in his, uh, I'm not going to call them baby gap jeans, but I did get a good laugh out of Tom Phillips referring to them as those, but skinny jeans and a blazer. What? He's not in ring shape. He's not ready to compete. And we have ourselves a mixed tag team match because Keith Lee wasn't having any of this either. So we had ourselves a tag team match of Keith Lee and Mia Yim taking on the Garganos. And what an ending this was. Johnny seemed to have found the, and of course, more of an beats me to it, the key of victory in this one. A stab to, stab to the eye. And a, lot of, a lot of orbital eye injuries going on down, down there in NXT over the years. Brutal. Brutal maneuver by Johnny Gargano, and like I said, by any means to win a match. Gargano's would steal one, Johnny's kissing his wife, and kissing the North American Championship. Now, I think it's good because it's foreshadowing a confirmed takeover match. I think it's good because the charisma of Lee and this new Odd charisma of a heel Johnny Gargano is intriguing. Cannot wait to see a David versus Goliath match where Goliath is the babyface and David is the heel. I think that's a very interesting dynamic. And I think that Johnny showing that he wants the North American Championship back does add some value to that title. I could sit here and focus on how great the athletes and the talents are are in that division and how great these Haas fights are. But you got to look at each individual talent and they need to be established considerably to make that title mean something. So having a guy who is, and I say arguably, but I don't know how really how arguably this is, the face of the brand for a long time, really showing interest in that North American Championship, that does a lot for that title, to me, in my eyes. And I think that want and that desire to be North American Champion is good, not just to, not just for the sake of, I want to take this away from you, Keith, but I want to be the champion that I once was. Because last time Johnny held the North American Championship, 
he was under a similar mindset. He was starting to see that influence of Tommaso Ciampa start to drape over him. Ciampa holding Goldie and Gargano holding that North American Championship. That wasn't a dream. That's something that we saw happen. We saw those two coexist for a hot minute. And that was because of this title. And Johnny Gargano holding this title twice in a mindset where we never thought we'd see him as, or in, excuse me. I think that's just the deep layer of the story that really needs to be looked at. I think that Keith Lee versus Johnny Gargano was going to be an exceptional match. Really quick thought on Candice LeRae and Mia Yim because I don't want them to lose attention in all this either. I'm always a fan of rivalries that mean something, especially in the women's division outside of the title. Because that's how we build serious contenders. That's how we know who to look out for. That's how we know who can shine and step up to a champion in such a such a character-driven part of a match or a program. That's what I like. And I like Candice LeRae. And I like Mia Yim. And I hope that this isn't the end. I hope that just because Lee and Gargano have their blow-off championship match, these two ladies did not get a fair crack at each other this this week on, on NXT. So I do really, I'm really hoping that these two get another one-on-one singles opportunity at each other. Yes, they will have their chance to get their hands on each other come the six-woman tag team match where Mia teams with Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart to take on Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, and Raquel Gonzalez. But I want to see Mia Yim and Candice LeRae lock it up one more time, one-on-one. I think there's a lot that can be done there, and I think that's that's a really, really competitive women's match waiting to happen given the right amount of time. Moving on to a TakeOver debut. We have Karrion Cross receiving a message from Tommaso Ciampa. It's a very simple message. It's something that video and pictures can speak a million words to and that one rambling podcast host cannot deliver. But they're special. And then there's Tommaso Ciampa. There's exceptional. And then there's the man who brought us some of the most emotional and intriguing and enthralling takeover matches that we have that we have bore witness to. No, I'm not just talking about Tommaso Ciampa versus Johnny Gargano. I'm not just talking about those matches at all. Tommaso Ciampa versus Aleister Black. Let's go a ways back to that emotional connection we had when we saw Ciampa win that title. And how much emotion he evoked out of us. Now he's on the other side of the coin. Now he's got to be this exceptional talent that's standing up to this devil that has entered his life. To this this demonic, apocalyptic presence named Carrion Cross. With the most bad-ass and electric entrance I've seen in a long time. Like... There's Glorious and there's Shinsuke Nakamura with the violin. And there's there's so many other timeless entrances in pro wrestling. But a Karrion Cross debut on NXT TV. 
If there's anything I wished happened with an arena full of people during these trying and turbulent times, I wish it was this entrance. I need that crowd reaction for a carrying cross. I don't need a staged crowd of people who they share a locker room with. I need the full cell faithful reaction to that carrying cross entrance. But enough ranting on there. Tommaso Ciampa vowing that he's just a grade above special. However, might as well get to this now. Might as well get to the lead up now. Bronson Reed would find himself on the wrong end of a beating after uh, after already suffering a loss on NXT television this uh, this evening. Tough, tough go for Bronson Reed if, if you believe everything you read to uh, really hoping that some of the Roster moving around will will give Ozilla a, a chance because Australian wrestlers, I got Australian co-workers. Even before I had Australian co-workers, I was always pulling for Australian wrestlers. So that holds a special place in my heart. Again, that whole North American Championship Hoss Fight division has my support. So I think there's in there for something for Bronson Reed. Besides being a victim of Killian Cross here on the June 3rd edition of NXT TV. Cross with a message. Champa's in his sights. I think this collision of two brooding, angry, bald men, this could steal the show. It very well could. And uh, I, I got some more. I got some more on this match when, when we dive in, dive in closer to the predictions. But let's move, let's move on to, uh, to a loaded NXT title question pointed at Dexter Loomis. Dexter Loomis, I haven't spoken to you guys in a while, but Dexter Loomis has really been impressing me. His character, he gets it. He's cold. He's calculated. He's quiet. He's disturbing. Combination of the Halloween Dr. Loomis and Dexter serial killer series presence about him. I think that's I mean that's just my first thought of where this where the name comes from. The personality is clearly inspired by by such things, but Dexter Loomis seems to be a mute as of late because after being asked that question, we didn't get a straight uh yeah, I think Adam Cole's gonna retain and then I'm gonna take it away from him because I don't like the undisputed era. We didn't get a oh the Velveteen Dream is really hot prospect, young talent who can be NXT champion. I would love to step up to him one day also. Imagine those two eccentric personalities colliding. No. Dexter Loomis decided to break out the easel and some coloring tools. We would sidetrack to a pre-takeover ritual, respectively, for both The Dream and The Undisputed Era, Adam Cole, with a one-year championship celebration of all time, baby. Looking like a bachelor party on steroids, but uh, I'm going to digress because I'm sure that's that's not what that case was. Cole looking looking strong, looking confident with his entourage and, and his brethren around him, sharing a fine limo and, and a fine meal together, and and the gold the gold just keeps on dripping off of Adam Cole. We got no NXT tag titles there. Roderick Strong no longer. No, no longer the North American champion. So we got a propped at the top and confident Adam Cole. Now, 
Undisputed Era is down one man due to work visas. And border troubles. Not not work visas. What the fuck am I talking about? It's a goddamn pandemic. Oh, and uh, I'm angry this week, so if you usually listen to this show with kids in your car, I'm going to apologize in advance. Well, advance for now. Afterwards, there. The dream is focused. Doing a little skating also. But also very confident in the mirror reaction he's he's getting. And uh, did he channel Prince? We've drawn the similarities before Team NXT. Did the Velveteen Dream channel Prince? I don't know. Weird weird stuff going on with the... With with the dream but dreams confident adam cole is confident nobody sells these guys short when it comes to thinking of themselves as the absolute best as the most absolutely unique experience ever to grace pro wrestling taking on the longest reigning proclaimed greatest nxt champion of all time i think sunday is going to be something special Back to our originally scheduled conversation. Dexter Loomis thinks it's going to be interesting. He definitely thinks there's going to be something driving that match. And uh, it might be him. Because the caricature that arose from all this, it wasn't a list. It wasn't a written explanation. It wasn't even like a really uh, impressionist painting. It was it was a caricature of Dexter Loomis and a car and the Undisputed Era. Translate that any way you want. I think Dexter Loomis is going to drive these guys off of, over the edge. I think that was the message there myself. That Dexter Loomis and his mental assault and these mind games and his presence and the eye contact... And the never-blinking eye contact. Who knows what the actions are going to be? We've seen them meet in the ring before, but can it go well beyond that? What does Dexter Loomis have in mind for the Undisputed Era? Anyway, let's uh, let's go into some little bit, little bit more of a fun, upbeat stuff. That's somewhere in the middle. And then we're right back down to serious. What do I mean by that? Brizango. Brizango returning to NXT television to take on the Undisputed Eras. Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong. Not a common tag team combination we see representing the UE. And one-two punch. Oni Orkin and Danny Burch. Finally, those guys getting some merchandise up on the shop too. I think they should have just got a joint t-shirt, but you can't. You can't double profits if you you make one t-shirt for two guys. So, we got a good old American one, and we got a good old UK two out of out of one-two punch merchandise. Breezango, welcome back to NXT. Tiger Breeze, floating around, couple singles matches here and there. Not enough. Dango healthy, good enough. Fandango at the top of his game, that's what I want. That's what I need to see. I need to see the guy who holds a victory over a former AEW champion at WrestleMania. What a weird statistic that is. Fandango holds a victory over a former AEW world champion at WrestleMania. Of course, 
that man in question, Le Champion, Chris Jericho. So that made me laugh going over it this week. I hope somebody else out there got a chuckle out of it too. Dango and Bree is looking good here, man. No ring rust to be reported, and that's that's really saying something because Lorcan and Birch have been on such a championship roll lately. My perceived tag team title match for In Your House was Birch and Lorcan versus Imperium. That's the kind of faith I had in the momentum that Lorcan and Birch were gaining. But I had a prediction as soon as I saw this match come true, and right now I'm... Uh, Right now, I'm halfway there. I've, we're unfortunately not going to see enough of, of a build, really, for this match, I don't think. I still have to check uh, check online and social media accounts between now and Sunday evening, but my mentality behind this match is this. Brizango winning here is major. You take that fun, upbeat, great personality, high-fiving, laughing, fashion file-having, recording... Guys like Dango and, and Breeze, and you face them off against this match is sacred. Imperium, the presence. I'm, I'm, that was kind of an accent stuck in the middle. I, I might have been going for German there. Probably got stuck somewhere in, in Austria. Didn't quite make it to, uh, to Germany. Anyway. Dango and Breeze versus Eichner and Bartel for those NXT Tag Team Championships. That's going to be one hell of a match again thought it was going to be Lorcan and Birch I thought we were going to get a whole lot of bald guys in black tights that's where I thought the uh the championship scene was heading in the tag team division although it could head a number of different directions because Brizango not the only ones with their eyes set on the gold Imperium making their presence known but also a team that we have seen successful and domineering as of late Indus, sure. Managed by Malcolm Bivens. I don't have the individual's names down yet. I just learned how to spell the tag team itself sometime throughout the course of May. So so bear with me. But my big takeaway from this is we have Imperium stuck in the middle between the dominating team that can outsize them and outpower them. And we have them faced off against a team stuck in the middle on the other side with a team that can out have fun against them. I think the athletic ability between Dango Breeze and, and the uh, the impeccable German and the powerhouse Italian, I think there's there's very minimal difference. There's aesthetics, yes, obviously, different presentation. But the in-ring style, I think they can keep up with each other. I think the real presence there is the Arthurs of Pain Viking Raider role that is being filled by Indu Sure in this tag team division. And I think those guys are going to be big time players. I think they're inevitably inevitably going to become NXT tag team champions. I think that Malcolm Bivens is going to pick up the tag team managerial hole that has been left ever since Paul Elring did not accompany the Arthurs of Pain anymore yes i know that happened on monday night raw but that successful run in nxt was because of the brilliance of paul ellering so i think that the nxt tag team division does need a managerial mind like malcolm bivens right now oh talk about perfect segues again let's talk about managerial minds here team nxt let's discuss the robert stone brand chelsea green the hot mess 
great. Doing great. All set, except she wasn't winning. She didn't win the ladder match. Unsuccessful in some singles action. She teams up with the queen. Robert Stone kind of stays out and binds his own business. Would you look at that? Chelsea Green got herself victory under her belt. And I don't know if necessarily for this quite yet, but Chelsea Green is rumored to find herself a spot on Raw or SmackDown. And she's good enough. I think that her versus versus yes versus Charlotte should have been done first. But I think that some some women's division up on the main roster could use some revamp, especially with the. Uh, with Becky Lynch being gone and all, we we do need some some big stars and and Oscar's title run has to be memorable. Let's get her some new opponents. So, Chelsea Green presumably no longer going to be a member of the NXT roster, but not presumably this is absolutely not a member of the Robert Stone brand. And if Robert Stone's words and demeanor didn't show it for you, just look at the guy. He obviously looks like a guy who got caught up in the getting fired and let go or furloughed in all of this madness. Robert Stone brand is no more. It's looking for new ambassadors. In joins Aaliyah. Can Aaliyah join the Robert Stone brand? Can this be the spark that her career needs? Aaliyah is an NXT veteran. This is a very hard achievement to have, but she freaking has it. It's for obvious reasons. But she's trying, and she's there. And she's a building block for the division. She's been around long enough where you can really say that. So maybe this is it. Maybe being a part of the Robert Stone brand can be her path towards victory. And I'm sounding sincere until the sarcasm hits, because she lost. She lost this week. Beat by Santana Garrett. Santana Garrett, another one I'm a big fan of, and I'm so happy she got signed to NXT. But Robert Stone's clients losing the matches that he's involved or at ringside at or presumed clients, not even necessarily full-time under his brand umbrella yet, and he's already causing this kind of bad luck? Aaliyah, turn around, run away. Where's Vanessa Bourne? Let's get that women's tag team division in NXT, jump-started again. Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai, we lost that opportunity. They're split. Great match against the Kabuki Warriors for those tag titles. But it was the only one that's happened so far. Let's get a women's tag team under the Robert Stone brand. Let's prove that, okay, maybe me accompanying one doesn't work out. But tag team matches, the guy has a winning record with Chelsea Green and Charlotte. Even he... Even if he had as minimal involvement in that one as possible. The brand needs to rebuild. And this goes for Robert Stone and NXT. Women's division getting shuffled around. Think we need a little jump start in that women's tag division. Any new clients for this one? I think that uh, that's some bad and bougie-ish might be brought to uh, to the Robert Stone brand. And uh, Aaliyah and Bourne definitely fit that build. Big things moving in the women's division. I thoroughly enjoyed the prime target women's title promo. My only complaint was not enough Io Shirai. 
Uh, not really, not really want to sit here and go over promo packages. Really enjoyed it. Definitely go out of your way to check that out. They usually have the Prime Target specials as their own, uh, their own little pieces on the network. So this might get split from this week's edition of NXT and be its own little special that you can watch before Sunday. I don't know. Can't give you a def- definitive answer on that quite yet, but not enough Io Shirai. Rhea Ripley is freaking jacked. Charlotte looks like a champion and presents herself like a champion and this unbeatable force. Triple threat match on Sunday. Going to be off the charts. As I sit here and record, ugh, still a match I don't have a prediction for. So, going to just keep moving, moving, my way, uh, moving my way down here. The Cruiserweight... Championship tournament. Drake Maverick. Drake Maverick's last chance in WWE. This was the story that was told for this tournament. The coronavirus and COVID-19, has, whichever you're calling it, has led to furloughs and firings and people getting released from contracts. For real. For real. A real-life event impacting world economies. We lost valuable names. Names that I've been big fans of. Right off the bat, Zack Ryder. The pops he'd get in New York. Barclays Center. Madison Square freaking Garden. Survivor Series 2011. Go check it. Please go check it. It's not only the night that CM Punk started his record-breaking reign, but it's also the night we heard a bigger pop for Zack Ryder than some world champions have gotten in the past five years. Kurt Hawkins, another local guy. Hate to see him lose his job too. That streak gimmick just to win the tag team titles at the end of it, great stuff. What a WrestleMania moment. Heath Slater, a Nexus original. So many people who have been with this company for a decade plus have lost their job. People requesting their releases also got that. And that's the, that's the group I'm happy for. Maria and Mike Kanellis. Don't really know what to say regarding that situation. I'm, I'm picturing they were somewhere in the middle. They did just sign new deals, but were asking for releases before. I don't think it's cool to fire or release somebody on maternity leave from their contract. I don't think that's right. I don't think making a storyline out of real-life firings is right. This is one of the few times I'm going to agree with Leo Rush. His tweet didn't put it in that great language, but he's right. Are the rest of them just going to up and get their jobs back too? What the hell happened here? Eho del Fantasma. Versus Drake Maverick. After the heart, the sweat, the tears, the relationship built with Jake Atlas. Saying, don't give up. Keep persevering. The controversial... The Johnny Gargano way, it looks like it was affecting Maverick's state of mind too. He was swooping in and taking any victory by any way that he possibly can. Scratch and claw. Yes, that was a saying that uh, that Chad Gable was was spreading on social media for a while, and I wish that stuck with his gimmick. But that was how Drake Maverick's mentality was shaped this entire tournament. To scratch and to claw and to keep his spot in WWE. 
And on paper, what an amazing story. Wow. Fighting for every single chance to keep your last chance. What a message that sends. What an essential message of never give up and keep putting your best damn foot forward that sends. But if it's all for a ruse and it's going to make the impact of the loss of other jobs less significant, it's not for me. I loved it as a heartwarming story. And as something you look at on paper, great. What a heartwarming fairy tale underdog ending. But this was not the time. This was not the way to go about it. I was very emotionally attached. A work is a work is a work. And I'm a fan and this is what I'm here for. But there's also a saying called read the room. People released were congratulating Drake Maverick. But like read the room. A lot of people not as lucky. Let's talk about the match itself. Maverick's last chance. Triple threat match. Earned himself that last second possible victory. That was a controversial finish. Because Atlas tapped to Kushida as he was being pinned by Maverick. The referee saw the shoulders down and did not see the tap. So Maverick being in that tournament by the skin of his teeth. I don't know what's I don't know what's thinner than the possible film that builds up on your teeth, but God freaking Ooh, Maverick swooping in there. And you think, is that really Yes. Yes, you do whatever it takes to hold on to your job. Yes, that's really the way to go about that triple threat match when you're in there with two people as competitive and as talented as Kushida, who's one of the world's best, and as Jake Atlas, who is one of the one of the young talents that caught my eye immediately out of Evolve. There's not many talents in Evolve I've been fortunate enough to go out of my way and research and become familiar with, but Jake Atlas, I made sure to go out of my way and, and experience a couple of his, you know, you fall down YouTube rabbit holes, as I've said before, trying to figure out who's coming to NXT, who's performing on Evolve that might come to NXT, who's Evolve's current champion, what are they doing? Oh, there's NXT talents who are Evolve champions, let's see who they put their titles up against. There's there's rabbit holes of YouTube wrestling that, that you just gotta fall into sometimes, and uh, that was the case for Jake Atlas, and it was the case for when I was researching El Hijo del Fantasma, which is Spanish for the Hijo del Fantasma. Maverick's last chance. Great back and forth matchup. Fantasma is a fantastic athlete. Can never get enough luchador wrestling. Call it flippy shit. Call it whatever you want. It's what I grew up with. It's why I'm sitting here preaching to you and being a professional wrestling fan to this day. Cruiserweight wrestling. Cruiserweight wrestling that tells a story like we saw here tonight. Great. But Dan, was there really any other story besides Drake's just fighting for his job? I'm glad you asked. Let's look into these unnecessary layers that I might have thrown in there, or I might have just really dug up some some important key points in this whole entire matchup. I want you to judge for yourself. Towards the end of this matchup, 
the now infamous masked, I don't know what to call them besides conquistadors, who've been abducting people in that full sale parking lot. What won't happen in that damn full sale parking lot? We've had attacks. We've had kidnappings. What's what's going to give? Enough is enough. Maverick fights these guys off. They storm in the ring. Presumably, based on their past past actions. With Mendoza and DJZ. Joaquin Wilde, thank you. Thank you, self. You would think that they were there to abduct or mess with his opponent. Based on how this attack first started, that's how I felt. And Maverick wasn't having any of it. Maverick wanted his last match to end on his terms. So he would dive outside of that ring and defend not just his match. But these two men are infiltrating the Cruiserweight division, 205 Live. Drake Maverick, long-time standing general manager of 205 Live. So not only was he fighting for his last chance, during this matchup. He was fighting off the Conquistadors. And he was fighting for his brand. The brand that he was once the authority of. The brand that he was once in charge of but has never held that title. That's what Drake Maverick was fighting for. That's what was being defended here. The honor of the Cruiserweight Championship. The honor of 205 Live. The honor of Drake Maverick's career up until this very point. And he did it. He successfully fought off these masked men. Sabotaging his match. But he would not overcome a super kick and major impact by Iho del Fantasma. And Fantasma is your new slash interim. Cruiserweight champion. So that's something to look forward to, gang. We have El Hijo del Fantasma taking on Jordan Devlin when the time is right, when borders are back to normal, when there's at least some some minuscules worth of traffic and traveling to be seen again. I think that's going to be a good match. Didn't know much about Fantasma before this tournament. Learned a whole lot about him. I'm always going to give a luchador a chance. To impress me. And he absolutely did through the course of this tournament. Maverick. Would. See that's. This is another reason why I didn't like this being turned into a story. Because Drake Maverick saying goodbye. It it took away from Phantasma winning that title. It took away from a man achieving his first championship in WWE. And that's the part of it I also don't agree with. A lot of things were a victim of circumstance because of the circumstance that this storyline happened to create. It's... I don't know. Maverick starts to say goodbye. We see Papa H. Step out of the barric- Step out of the back. Hand Drake Maverick an NXT contract. And tears were falling from his face. Maybe your face. A little bit of my face. And it all worked out in the end. It was very, very 
First time around, Cruiserweight Classic. If you're out there and you're listening, do you remember the Please Sign Cedric Chance? This is what we got from this story. We got history attempting to repeat, and that was such an organic moment. This is a moment that was forced by a pandemic. And taking advantage of that at its core, I don't agree with. But was I entertained? Did it deliver the exact emotional response that they wanted from me? It absolutely did. But I don't like the idea of playing around with the real life circumstances of this situation. If you wanted to make... All right. Then you make Drake Maverick's release separately. You're announcing all of these releases in a batch at one time. You let one wave go. Then you let the second wave go. Then you throw Drake Maverick's name out there by itself. And then you throw another one out there by itself afterwards just to not create suspicion. Let it stand out a little bit so we can at least say maybe something's up with one of these. But that was too real of a situation to exploit, in my humble opinion. I'm here to see the glass half full. I'm here to talk positivity about wrestling. But there's some things that you just can't overlook. And using job security during a health crisis is not one of the things I could sit here and agree with. And let's slide. And I hope a lot of you out there agree with me. Based on the tweets I've seen... There's a lot of people disgusted by the fact that this was used as a storyline using a lot stronger language than I just did right here. But it is what the hell it is. Drake Maverick is now a part of the NXT roster, and he is not going anywhere. Okay, now that uh, the ranting and raving about uh, exploiting real-life crises for the sake of somebody's career is over, let's talk TakeOver In Your House predictions what a card this has shaped up to be we have another cinematic spectacle and experience when we see the nxt championship defended in a backlot brawl between adam cole and the velveteen dream the nxt women's championship up for grabs in a triple threat match between charlotte flair rhea ripley and io shirai tomaso champa takes on the takeover debuting carrion cross with scarlet scarlet the harlot and NXT's North American Championship, Keith Lee versus Johnny Gargano. We have a Finn Balor versus Damian Priest in a non-title match, but that one's sure to be a whole lot of fun. And we have a six-woman tag team match between Mia Yim, Tegan Knox, and Shotzi Blackheart taking on Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, and Raquel Gonzalez. And if anybody is hearing my dog slop water out of his bowl, I do apologize, but the Velveteen Dog is in the room here as well, let's dive right into things and start with let's start with that tag team match. Mia Yim, Tegan Knox, and Shotzi Blackheart. What a good bunch of personalities that is. What a squad of women baby faces that is. I am such a huge Shotzi Blackheart fan, and she's a fan of my dog. So Shotzi's always going to get my support. However, I think Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. I think that whole... Shawn Michaels Diesel feel that 
those two have going on, I I think that combined with this new this new mindset and mentality of Candice LeRae, I think there's there's a lot of there's a lot of ominous thoughts that that can that can fit there, and I do think that Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, I think that. Raquel Gonzalez is on her way to becoming that that dominant presence. Like I said, in the tag team division, I think that she's going to fill that gap in the women's division. And I think this weekend is going to be a big one for Raquel Gonzalez. And I'm going to go with Lorray, Kai, and Gonzalez. Victorious over Shotzi Blackheart, Tegan Knox, and Mia Yim. Finn Balor versus Damian Priest. This, this is the dark horse on the card, in my opinion. Damian Priest is due for a big-time singles match and a big-time takeover match. And Finn Balor is going to give that to him. I have all the faith in Finn Balor. I was a huge fan of Damian Priest, even as uh, Punishment Martinez back in the ROH days. I've seen what Priest can do in the past, and I'm really hoping he gets a chance to show that against Finn Balor this weekend. But while that impressive display does go on, the Archer of Infamy is going to draw his bow back. He's going to take his best shot at the Prince. But he's going to miss. And Finn Balor is going to win this matchup. Well, let's do the championship matches all in one bulk. Let's go to Tommaso Ciampa versus Karrion Cross. I said I had a couple more things to say in regards to this rivalry and this, this matchup in and of itself. Ciampa versus Cross. I think that Karrion Cross is the example of now the chickens have come home to roost for Tommaso Ciampa. I know about the final beat. I know that was the payoff. I know that was what was supposed to split this Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa nonsense forever. But what about Ciampa's past as a whole? What about the just collectiveness of all of those misdeeds and the violence, and just the, the the moral, the lack of a moral compass that Tommaso Ciampa has held in his career. Now returning from a neck injury, everything's just supposed to be forgotten. You reunite DIY, but Johnny Gargano decides that this isn't over because of how freaking badly you screwed him and cost him a whole lot in the professional wrestling world. I think that carrying cross is a demon that has come back to force Champa to pay for all of his past misdeeds. I think carrying cross is this this apocalyptic force that's supposed to bring this this end of days to Tommaso Champa. But in what way? Is, is it going to bring the end of days of this this sour, toxic mindset that, that has been built under Champa for the past number of years? I know I know we're cheering the guy now, and I know the documentary, the Blackheart documentary releasing on the network, and how bad of a heart string puller and a tearjerker that is. But looking at the grand scheme of Tommaso Champa's career, do you really think he didn't have something like this coming? Do you really think that this whole entire assault by Karrion Cross is unwarranted in the scene of karma? That's what this is. 
Carrion Cross is Tommaso Ciampa's karma. Carrion Cross is karma. Try saying that one five times fast. That's where my head is at. I think Carrion Cross is going to win this match at TakeOver in your house. I think this loss is going to send Tommaso Ciampa into somewhat of a downward emotional spiral. And he is really going to reevaluate how he has behaved and acted in the past. Please give me your thoughts on that one. I think that's that might be one of the the more bolder perceptions on a, on a match that I'm taking here. Keith Lee versus Johnny Gargano gave my prediction away kind of in the beginning of this matchup. I don't think Keith Lee's ready to lose that championship yet. But I do think that the Johnny Gargano way is going to make its, make its presence known. And any means is not going to be enough of means to overcome the limitless Keith Lee. Gargano might push Lee to his limits, but will not be surpassed. Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley versus Io Shirai. Listen, my head and my heart are with Io Shirai. But Charlotte Flair is going to win. Charlotte Flair is going to win. Is she going to lose the first... Is she going to lose TakeOver after WrestleMania? Is Charlotte Flair really not going to be successful at a TakeOver as NXT Women's Champion right away? Absolutely not. I don't know which one of these two is going to take the pin. I would hate to see Rhea Ripley get beat by Charlotte twice. I'm kind of annoyed at the fact that Io Shirai might get pinned in this one. But I, I really, really don't think Charlotte Flair loses this matchup. I don't know who's taking the L here, but it won't be the Queen. And Charlotte Flair will walk out victorious and still NXT Women's Champion. And then she'll walk from Sunday at TakeOver right onto the screen on Monday Night Raw. Alright, that sink in. That sink in. You're going to see more Charlotte Flair after TakeOver? Okay. NXT Championship in a backlot brawl. Cannot wait to see what cinematic effects are going to be added here. First point. What an experience this is sure to be. Second point. Third point, with all of the craziness that has been known to happen in a full sale parking lot, I just don't think anything of that scale is going to match the numbers and the able-bodiedness of the Undisputed Era. Yes, Killer Kyle is sidelined at the moment with some, with some issues. Strong and Fish. See what they do. Now, we've called. I've sat here and called Undisputed Era interference in matches where they had absolutely nothing to do with the match. Which is crazy to me. The amount of times that you've said, oh, Adam Cole needs these guys to hold on to that championship. And then he wins the matches clean. That's the shock to me. That's the shock to my system. Adam Cole is winning and defending that title Sometimes by himself. <laughs> the fact that our heel champion is doing it on his own can be surprising at times, especially the amount of times he's done it over the course of that year he's held the title. Has it been less championship defenses than some other? Yes. War games. Worlds collide. Other factors involved. Other rivalries to take into account. But Adam Cole has won matches on his own 
retaining that NXT championship. And I think it'll happen again here. I think Adam Cole will find a way to retain. I don't see it ending in just over a year. I see this... But with with the June pay-per-view, who knows if we're getting a takeover SummerSlam weekend. I like to assume we're getting one in August. Can we get another program that can prove to be a noble enough reason to have Adam Cole lose that title and to bring the Undisputed Era to another show? Because once Cole loses that title, I don't see this faction sticking around. I, I see them making an immediate impact on Raw SmackDown. So this, this match this weekend could not just hold a lot for the future of who the NXT champion is, but as the NXT roster as, as a whole and whether the Undisputed Era's presence will still be here. So, I'm going with Adam Cole retaining. I'm going with Charlotte Flair retaining. I'm going with Karrion Cross's successful takeover debut. I'm seeing another retention for Keith Lee. Finn Balor wins, and I think that Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, and Raquel Gonzalez are going to win that sick women tag team matchup, and I'm seeing big things for Raquel Gonzalez uh, this weekend. Please give me your thoughts and your predictions. At podcast underscore UF is the Twitter. Tweet at me between now and Sunday. Whenever you're listening to this, even if you're listening to this on Sunday, reach out to me. I'm going to try and have this up. I'm recording Thursday night, June 4th. I'm going to try and start the process now. Have this out either way late Eastern time or really early Eastern time tomorrow morning. I promise you it'll happen either way. You will have this You will have this available to listen to Friday, Saturday, and Sunday before takeover. That much I promise you. I will make this return episode punctual in its release guys thank you so much for listening uh, i mentioned the twitter already at podcast underscore uf follow the instagram uh, it's got to be more active and i'm sure that's not the first or last time i'm going to say that uh dog pictures wrestling related content wrestling related memes uh new episode announcements i'm going to try and shoot over there and make sure that that one gets posted this week so then the last couple episodes also, but this it's just it's it's an exhausting universe right now. I'm I'm making I'm making some promises I'm not keeping and as long as the content gets out there, that's that's okay. The social media marketing is really on me. Uh follow the Facebook if you'd like. Undisputed Future Podcast is does have a like page, but my Facebook love right now is gonna go to a group that I've belonged to for a couple months now, but I just really started getting really involved with uh last night actually. NXT Wednesday Night Wars live streams, spoiler-free, great group, great environments, cross point, spelled exactly as it sounds, one word, cross point, wrestling and video games, great group, great content, two of my favorite interests and hobbies, pro wrestling and video games, brought together, great group of guys, uh, shout out to Matt if you're out there listening for for getting me involved there, and uh, I'm going to be doing some live streaming with those guys for TakeOver, I'm they like to have different commentaries set up. Apparently, I'm I'm really interested to see what the discussion and the uh, and the live feed is going to look like for that. So please, if you're not gonna if you're gonna throw my Facebook page a like, uh, go ahead check out Crosspoint. If you get a join group and you gotta answer questions or make a release, just tell them CD sent me or CD Danny Mac or just say that Undisputed Future Podcast. I heard of the group. I want to see what was up and. Uh, Hopefully you get in. Really great group of guys over there. So that's my biggest Facebook presence 
at the moment. Uh, thank you no matter where, why, you, and how you're listening, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, all the major ones, wherever my RSS feed gets picked up from. Uh, leave me a five-star review, please, on Apple Podcasts. Uh, about it. That's about it. That's really all I can say. Uh, if you have no interest in just talking real for a second, I want to thank you so much for listening to the show. I'm CD Danny Mac, and I will definitely talk to you before takeover in your house. And I hope you enjoy your show if you're signing off now. Uh, just just to weed just to weed out the rest. Um, if you're sticking around for this part of the show, I. Could not appreciate it more. Uh, Black lives matter. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. All lives cannot matter until black lives matter. This is a white guy from Staten Island who lives on a dead-end street telling you, please pay attention. Please wake up. Please support in any way that you possibly can. There are so many GoFundMes out there for these businesses that are being ransacked by people who take advantage of protest as a time to loot and a time to riot. This is not right. This is not the main message that the world needs, but especially the United States right now. Guys, if you're listening from another country, that's the support that means the world to me. The fact that I'm able to reach an audience internationally and spread my love of professional wrestling conversation and the fact that you guys in return are showing such solidarity to a cause for equality in a place where equality is still so goddamn hard to find for people I hold very close to my heart and to people I have looked up to and for teachers, and for friends, or for people that I have always seen as equal, but deserve to be seen as equal by everybody else. And it's not right that that's happening. It's wrong on a systemic level. It's wrong on a human morality level. What kind of person do you have to be to wake up in the morning and be a fucking racist? You're not human. You're scum. If you can't look to our black, brown, yellow, green, blue, purple neighbors and recognize that their life matters, something is wrong with you. It's wrong. It's fucking wrong. This is not the time. We have people at the top who are not treating others correctly and it's wrong it is a issue that is built so freaking deep in the fabric of where i live and i just sit here and i'm able to be in the privilege of it but i don't like it's so hard to like the way it feels anymore you can't because you stand here and you're complicit in your silence and i'm tired of being silent i'm tired of not taking accountability use your privilege for a greater cause use your platforms if you have one 
I don't know how many numbers I'm reaching. Especially with the comeback episode. Especially this late into an hour over long show. And I like to keep my podcast at 35 to 45 minutes. But this one, I'm full of vinegar and vitriol. And I'm just so fucking sick of all the injustice I'm seeing everywhere that's affecting my friends and my family. And these tough conversations that a lot of people are having with each other. And just, it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. And we need change. This is an institutionally wide change this is largely in the united states but racism is a worldwide fucking issue and you should be disgusted if you look at anybody as lesser than your own justice for george floyd black lives matter do not forget brianna taylor and all of the other victims of senseless violence not just this year not just the past couple of months but anybody, victim of oppression and this system. And privilege is set aside and not spoken up for, for too long. And I don't, again, I don't know who I'm reaching. I don't know what kind of platform I got. I don't know if I'm going to lose even more listeners than I've lost Twitter followers over this past few days because I'm sitting here, I'm signing petitions, I'm giving to GoFundMes that I believe in and businesses that I have personally visited that are victimized because people want to display this message in the wrong way. And I don't like that. Please speak up. Please be kind to one another. It's chaos. Be kind. There's no order. We need to accompany one another. It's chaos. Be kind. I am CD, Danny Mac, the voice that is your choice for NXT discussion. Thank you so much for listening Stay safe. Stay healthy. Practice social distancing. Wear a mask. Do everything you can to protect not just yourself, but the others around you. And that means so much right now. Thank you for listening. Enjoy NXT TakeOver. And I will talk to you all next time.